All right, boys. Here we are, Buck Fever Podcast. We well, are we are live here from Colby's basement. It looks great, by the way. Thanks, man. Just got it done. A little seven month project. I think it was worth it. That, if you know me, I had absolutely zero part of because I'm the least handiest handy <laughs> person in the world. So, not a board, not a nail, not a screw, nothing. I can't say I contributed a damn thing <laughs> to this basement, but it looks good. It does look Loving really it. good. You supervised the project. I supervised the project. You funded it, probably. So. Funded the project. There you go. There That's you the go. most important part. Yeah. <laughs> now all that's left, it looks like, is just to hang a few deer on the wall. There's a lot of space for some uh, shoulder mounts down here. So Or a now, pedestal. Yeah, pedestal mount. You know, There's options and opportunities down here. Absolutely. Well, yeah, thanks for hosting this tonight. This is like the first time that all four of us have been together in one spot in person, hanging out. First time we met Eli, too. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. He's been filming for almost a year. <laughs> yep. Never met him. First it's time. Hard, you know, he's across the state. I know. Yeah, but here we are tonight and hanging out. You made some fantastic venison smash burgers. It's a new favorite, man. It's it's soaring to the top of the list of favorite meals. It did not disappoint. I could go for like three right now. I know I could <laughs> down a couple more. Right now. That was two pounds we went through. That was like or a, just short of a two pound package of meat. So uh, it didn't feel like it when you smashed that burger down. But not really. Um, those were all of probably. Well, we had five total burgers. I bet you yeah. at least a third of a pound each. Because so, they also weren't like paper thin it wasn't like yeah. a mcdonald's cheeseburger like it was still a good it was fantastic thank I, you i loved them appreciate it yeah especially the onions so so i think we're gonna have a recipe probably like in recipe article form and then possibly a video a hashed out. hashed together video of we don't know what's gonna come through. With we don't know what that's gonna look like. A little kitchen, little. Uh, it was getting dark outside by the time yeah. we were actually putting them on the blackstone. So we'll see what it looks like. Kids Maybe bouncing around. Couple cartwheels, yeah. Couple cartwheels <laughs> were happening in the background. Kids were bouncing around, chasing them through the backyard. Good All stuff. good, good stuff though. Yeah, and now we're chatting deer, which is kind of the natural progression of the night, I suppose. And we cashed in on our. Uh, our turkey hunting yeah, the boys, the boys, uh, the turkey tag team challenge champions finally getting paid up here with their case of bush light. Yeah. Yeah. Well, half, half paid, half, half paid. paid. We are, there's certain people who are going to be keeping an eye on how much we paid up and they're going to know that we didn't bring the well, wild. They turkey. can't find that anywhere in the store, I guess. So, well, it's like I said boot. earlier, I sent my best man, but <laughs> you know, you just gotta go to Woodman's. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have a Woodman's. I feel like Festival has to have it. But. Oh yeah. Did you yeah. go to Pick and Save or no? No, that's across town. <laughs> across town. Pick and Save <laughs> definitely has it for yeah. sure. I've seen it there. If I didn't have to work till four, I would have went there. But yeah. Well, we're doing a lot better because we don't. Have exactly. It. I, I think it's though. yeah. Well, I, plus that bush light's gonna get cold, warm up there, so we gotta drink probably that whole thing tonight. Drink it pretty quick. We should have. Is just it in the fridge? Brought, no. Oh, your fridge is packed. 
You should have seen him struggle yeah, for I like tr- five minutes. I tried oh, to get there's all kinds of bush light in there, and then there's backup bush light in the shed fridge. So I think we'll do okay. And there's a case of. We okay. can just restock right. with the yeah. warm yeah. stuff, yeah. too. So. We could yep. probably each drink a case. Yeah. On a positive note, Noah <laughs> is starting to enjoy bush light. Yes, he hasn't even complained about well, it. Well, I know. I, <laughs> I mean, this is a pivotal moment in Buck Fever <laughs> outdoors history. He just realized that it was actually good, and he, it it's doesn't taste bad. It's still not good, but it's tolerable. Well, you're, you're to my understanding, you like Miller Lite over Bush Lite. I do like Miller Lite more so because it's mm. a Milwaukee, Wisconsin thing than a Missouri Saint, or wherever Saint the Louis. crap Saint Bush Louis. Light is made. Who cares about St. Louis? Doesn't matter where it's made; it's how it tastes. Well, I you really can't tell the difference. You, if I blindfold oh. you right now, you can I told you the difference. Yeah. The difference. Okay, I'd, so if we lined I'd have you a up, headache right now if I was drinking Miller Lite. That's sure. what Jake says, but I don't get yeah. any of that. If we lined you up with Miller Lite, Coors Light, uh, Bush Light, and Bud Light, would you be able to tell all four? Yes, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm saying I could. You could. We need to do this. Let's we, do it. We need in to Minnesota. Do this. In Minnesota, let's do it because You're I've gonna, seen people on TikTok say yeah. the same thing. Like, oh, I could definitely tell, and they don't get a single one right. Or Michelob Ultra, you could throw that in there too. Let's well, throw it all are in these there. Like 22 year old TikTokers. This or is people. This is people like, experience. This is people your age. I can. Who I are bet like, you I could tell oh, it apart. I could. I could tell. For, they, they sound just like I could tell for sure. And then they get up there and they have no idea. Well, we're gonna do it. What do you think, Eli? I think we should do it. I think we should place bets on it. Also, I don't know. That's I fine. feel like when the blue smoothie hits your lips, <laughs> it's, it's just it's just the level of golden flavor that you know. Yeah, it's. It's fine. It's not like it's, n- it's not the it's best good. thing ever, but it's fine. It gets the job done. It's a psychology so. experiment. <laughs> <laughs> so what's the what's the date today, guys? What what is August twenty fifth? Twenty fifth, man. We are. I believe it. Three weeks away from the opener. Yep. It's tomorrow. Uh, it's it's Christmas Eve in three weeks. Christmas Eve in three weeks, boys. We are three weeks away from. The bow hunting eve opener mm-hmm. in Wisconsin, and it's time to get jacked up. Yep, and like I said last night, the longest three weeks of the year. Yeah, yeah. for sure. The anticipation just eating at you. Yep. Can't get here soon enough. I think the first thing to settle is how, like, what is opening day going to be like? Because I am convinced it's going to be ninety degrees like it has been the past couple of years. I, but just, I don't think you guys. Agree. I disagree. I think it's going to be a little colder. I think we're in for a cooler, colder fall. Um, I don't know. Just my fruit trees are producing. They just seem like they're earlier than ever. Seeing, I've heard some people talk about birds are flocking up earlier than ever. Some of our pictures of some whitetails, they're shedding their summer coats already. Like I feel I like some that of that today. stuff's all little bit of a sign that maybe oh winter is gonna be here a little sooner this year i mean i wouldn't be upset if it isn't 90 degrees on opening weekend <laughs> no i'm hoping it's not 90 i just think it's gonna be because now it's gonna drop back down it was just 100 past couple days now it's dropping back down but then next weekend it's gonna be pretty warm again yeah but it'll drop down I wish I would naturally shed my summer layer at this time of the year. <laughs> Just I to noticed. put on the winter one. <laughs> but, like, don't you think if it's if it's extra hot out, doesn't that kind of extend the summer a little bit? I was thinking they might hold their velvet a little bit longer, like extend the summer because it's been so hot. Did you see Jeff uh, posted a video today, Sturgis, Sturgis, that he dropped, one of his bucks dropped 
velvet already. What? Yeah. Oh. Really? The decent one. I mean, like an older, mature deer, too, which is usually how it goes, obviously. Yeah, the younger ones. The younger hold ones. It. Hold on, I could have shot one in velvet a couple years a couple ago, years ago. Like, a, like a four pointer or something like that. Yeah, interesting. I mean, I guess I just don't know enough. I just always thought their idea was that shedding velvet was hormone related, and that kind of got triggered by temperatures dropping. So if they stayed high for longer, temps wouldn't drop, and then maybe they'd hold it longer. I don't know. I think it's too early to tell. Too early to tell. Yeah, probably. But, nonetheless, we're excited. Everybody going to be in a tree opening weekend? Compared th- to a ground blind or not even out there? Just hunting. Oh, yeah, general, I'll be out right? there. Everyone's going to be out, right? Oh, yeah. Won't be out in the Ed, morning. Just So, no, not opening morning. Uh, we Just off a of tradition, just opening day. Not I even. feel like we have to go. We we talk about it all the time. We like we're We always go in the morning. We go I, somewhere, usually public, just for the tradition that we got to be out there. It's opening day. Uh I won't hunt mornings till probably end of Oct- last week of October into November. That's the first time we'll get out in the morning. Otherwise, it's just at night. And I admire that dedication because it's probably what you should do. It. I mean, depending. Don't on get the me property. wrong. We definitely sh- could go a few mornings here and there, but it. Yeah, it's just I. That's how I grew up. I never ever yeah. went in the morning. Is it an access issue for you guys? Uh, I mean, it, it definitely is. Like we we got a road. So the the property we hunt's like 190 or 80 acres, and it's like split in half exactly by 90 and 90. But there's a road that runs right through it, which kind of screws us because then on the road there's fields that butt up to it, so you, you can't really get in there. So any access you got to walk through egg and right. Just, if there's you, corn, then you're good. But right. it's beans, so it's mm-hmm. they they see you coming yep. no matter what, and it, they're usually out in the beans in the morning. So, but I've I've never hunted a morning until like. At least the last week of October. Yeah. And I know for us on a smaller property, the more pressure you put on early, the more you blow it out of there, it can really screw you up. And that's kind of what triggers the October lull a little bit. But I don't know. I I don't like to miss it. Yeah. that I mean, opening morning, I think mornings are are really underrated, to be honest with you. People talk about not going in September or October, but I think we started talking a little bit about access everything's access so if you can get in the back door and not disturb the deer i think mornings can be extremely productive um what was that was that two years ago when we went out on public in the morning and it ended up being a squirrel hunter's paradise where we where we started (laughs) um so we we got out i think we were out and back to the truck by like 7 30 in the morning yeah but we just went to look at different spots and it was perfect because we got to drive around where there are no trucks parked uh, and we found a spot we walked in and ended up there's a buck a huge buck on his feet and oh, that's right yeah we both had our uh, both had our bows and it was like we just went over the top of this hill we're just walking you know it's Eight thirty nine in the morning. You're not expecting a deer to be out in a field, right around the corner of a, a, a corn field, yep. a, kind of a a path. And shit, he's forty yards away, running away from Just us. Just a tank. I'm 170, 180 inches. Oh yeah, that Ooh. was it. Was bigger than anything we had yep. that year on on our our private spot. Well, an opening weekend, they haven't been hunted yet for the year. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like that that weekend, if you do have a pattern or something, you really can 
cash in on that. I would be opposed to going to public like you guys say. Not saying that, uh, you know, like, oh, you're not good enough to, you know, use your own land. But, you know, you don't really want to blow out your, your property opening morning if you don't have to. I mean, especially you guys. You guys got a lot of good public around you. Yep. Us, me, not so much. But I wouldn't be opposed to doing that opening morning. It's kind of a risk-reward thing. Like, uh, if you got these deer bucks on a pattern in the afternoon, if you go in in the morning and end up kicking them off, you kind of... I, I feel like you end up blowing it for that night. Like the odds of them coming out on that same pattern that night is probably a substantially less if you mm-hmm. if you've blown them out and they and they saw a hunter or someone coming in that morning. Whereas you know the safer play is to just stay out of there and let yep. them stay on that pattern and get there in the afternoon. That's where like for us it's finding other spots, public, whatever. That we still want to be out in the woods and get out there and get them opening morning vibes, but. We have Somewhere on else. certain years gone on on the private, though, in, in the mornings. We have. One year we really screwed it up, too. Kicked two big ones. Mm. Yeah. Right we were, the barn. Yeah, that was a let's just wait until it's light out and walk in. They should be back into the woods by then. We can just, no, that was a bad Come choice. around the corner of the corn and two megas are standing out there looking at us. It's starting to sound like oh, a man. pattern for us. We should just start coming full draw as we go around the corner of corn. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so I know it's still like three weeks, a little bit too early to tell, but this year, opening weekend, are we thinking maybe shoot a doe? Or is it an absolutely no no does opening weekend? No doe for us on our prime spots that we're hunting bucks. We will go sit those morning sits on public with the intention of going to doe spots and trying to shoot a doe but we're not going to shoot one anywhere where we feel like we have a pattern on a mature buck we don't want to be in there screwing that up Mm -hmm. Uh, coming in there with a four-wheeler or dragging out a doe or whatnot right uh probably not gonna just because of the one it's hot which isn't a big deal because i can you know we can skin it and whatnot at my uncle's but I've had out of the seven bucks I've killed, six of them have been opening day. So yeah. I think four of them have been on opening day of bow or three. So it's kind of hard for me to to I've 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 only killed one in November. Everything besides gun, but that right. was opening day of gun. Everything else was November, so it's hard for me to shoot a doe opening day, knowing the success I've had. Man, I, I knew you were good on opening day. I didn't realize you were that. Have you shot a buck with your bow other than opening day? November fourth, my very first one. Okay. Other than that, it after so after my first one, it's always been opening day of bow. I shot I've shot three other ones opening day of bow, and then three other ones with a gun opening day. Dang. It, 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 which is weird because I hunt almost every single weekend, so it's. It's not like I'm not out there during the, you know, the late part of November or even October, but I don't know what it is. I've killed a lot of them when it's been 80 degrees out. I feel like you're going to shoot one like the second weekend in October. I'd be fine with that. I almost killed one the second weekend of September this year when I know the weekend you killed yours. I almost killed one on Friday night, but I just, I just didn't take the shot. And he's like 35 yards away in the bean field right before dark, but. I'm glad I didn't because it probably wouldn't end well. So yeah, see, you guys always do pretty well at shooting dozo when you need to. I feel like every weekend that I go out, I just make an excuse as to why I can't shoot a doe. Early season will be because I don't want to blow out any bucks, or it's too hot, 
and then it starts getting later into the season well now it's pre-rut rut it's prime time and then gets into late season it's all of a sudden it's gun season and then well, i want to wait you know i just always make an excuse as to why i can't shoot a doe for that weekend so i'm like i think if this this year if i have an opportunity i think this got to happen yeah i i've evolved on the don't shoot a doe during the rut like go ahead and shoot them because it doesn't matter like it really doesn't because they're traveling so far yeah the you're not blowing out a spot yeah, the bucks are are just on the move yeah so you shoot a doe like hopefully she dies within sight and you can have one come sniff her i think right. you, i think you need to shoot the first first mature doe you see this year because i mean we were talking about on the way up here i mean it's been quite a few years since you've killed one with the bow just to just to get the confidence back and not not saying you're not confident but the you know you shooting at it shooting it. at yeah. a deer with the bow because then you know a buck comes through you're like oh nothing to it i don't know how long it's been with a bow we were thinking maybe eight to ten years it's been six it years since been. i shot a deer period Dang. which six i give years. you a ton of credit for because that is insane like just like my uncle he hasn't he hasn't killed him with the 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 bow of i don't it's been a long time almost longer than my dad and he still goes out there every year and he'll pass up ones that a lot of people would be happy to shoot for their first one with the bow and i, I give him tons of credit for that just i know i've been very fortunate but that right <laughs> wouldn't be me yeah i mean I, I think it's all about you know what what are your goals if you're if you're a new hunter and one of your goals is to shoot a big buck then you should pass them um I mean, personally, I would I would recommend that you sh- just shoot whatever, like, and get a few get a few kills under your belt, um, and then you can start adjusting your goals accordingly. Um, you know, like I have a an 11 year old that if he can consistently hit a paper plate, he's going to bow hunt this year, and he. <laughs> He hears me talk about deer hunting all the time. So his in his mind he's like, Oh I show him pictures, he's like, Oh, that's not that big of a buck. Like, it, <laughs> it's like a two it's a two and a half year old, right. hundred and twenty five inch like that's a nice buck. Right. And most people would be ecstatic to to shoot something like that. Um, it really doesn't matter what you, what you shoot, but the experience of having to see a deer and figure out where am I going to draw, how am I going to make a good shot, and executing that. I think that's important just moving forward because as as the rack gets bigger, the heart ticks faster, and, you know, you just, the only way to get better at it is to practice it. Right. And I've been notoriously very steady, like when it comes to sturgeon spearing, let's say. Yeah, I don't think you have a, zero nerves, a soul, really. Zero nerves at all. But with deer, I think it's elevated. I I don't think my nerve my nerves are worse after. Yeah, I'm pretty calm when it comes to it, but when, after it's, I, I literally have buck fever right. after. I could shoot a doe and I'll be shaking like a leaf, <laughs> to, about to fall out of the tree stand. Right? It doesn't matter. Yeah, but well, I seriously I, think you should whack the first doe you see. I think so. Regardless of what the temperature is, because. You got a what a three hour drive home, so you don't yeah. even hunt Sunday nights really, until no, later not, in not the Sunday year. Nights. Yeah, no. You should start hunting Sunday nights, probably, yeah. absolutely, and just don't care about. I think that was a big difference. We used to be the same way. 
didn't matter if we were at my cabin or I'd be in the cross. We wouldn't hunt Sunday nights because you're just, a, oh, man, we got a two-hour, three-hour drive home. Yep. Not going to get back till yep. 10, 11 at night. But, like, especially this early season when your best odds seemingly seem to be the afternoon, like, that means you're putting all your eggs in the basket on Saturday night. Right. And then, right. you know, mediocre effort or – circumstances in the mornings saturday morning sunday morning so you're giving yourself basically one good opportunity like yeah and then we switched and we just said i don't care if i don't care if i get home at midnight a couple nights i know uh me coming back from lacrosse getting home at 1 a.m 2 a.m alarm goes off at quarter to six and you're going to work the next day and you just suck it up for a day and you're tired but like giving yourself that second full opportunity it's just a sacrifice you gotta I think you gotta start making. Right, which brings up then like like you said, if I'm only hunting one night, if I could stay Sunday, what if I could get there for a Friday night? So now I go from one night to three nights. It's a huge but, difference. But then do I stop mornings? Do I not hunt Saturday, Sunday morning? You if you give yourself because, three days, then yeah. Well, I'm right, because sure. if I hunt five yeah. hunts in a row, we, we have a noticeable difference. If we hunt on Saturday Sunday sucks, which is half of the reason why we don't hunt Sunday nights because, well, it sucks after we've hunted for a day. That's because you guys, you, you almost have to hunt Sunday morning if you're not going to stay Sunday night because you're right. only hunting Saturday night. Right. Yeah. Plus, you're only hunting a 40-acre chunk to compared to where right. us three are hunting a, almost a 200-acre parcel. Yeah. So you, you, you kind of... pressure is just so yeah, much higher. You, and you're really only hunting 20 acres because you got, what, a 20-acre field? Yeah, it's, or a fifteen acre field, so you're hunting yeah. twenty five acres, which really just condenses With everything. Like at least three guys, exactly, yeah. which is extremely hard to hunt coming in all the same way. Because I know you guys, I know and a little bit about your limited. access point. You're not coming from, you know, you're not dropping somebody off on the other road to come in the back way. You kind of just, you kind of just almost got to go right through all of it, which yep. is, I mean, whatever. But right, yeah, yeah I, I told you, your your spot. Your spot is like 20 minutes from my house. So it's not far. W- when you come down, let me know and I will go hold your hand and yeah, we can show you some public, public spots. We like, should definitely do a, that. There are a ton of them around Lots there. Lots of them. There yeah. are. Yeah. I think with the with public for us it's been like just having to go in there and then hang a stand that day. I think if we were going to hunt an afternoon on public that would that would be fine because then you can go in in daylight and like hang your sticks and hang your stand and whatever but i don't want to be doing that at 3 a.m and pitch do have, black do you have a climber i have one that i was lent yeah that you should get good with that and honestly you don't even need to be that high in the tree like if you have a more portable set of sticks that you know like what do we got? Hawk, Hawk helium sticks and uh, XOP stand, and I mean, you practice if you practice with it. Right. It, it probably takes me f- fifteen minutes to get up a tree with that. With my climber, I bet once the climber's attached to the tree, I can pretty much climb the tree at about as about the same speed as I would like going up ladder sticks. But is it hard to find a tree that you can climb with a climber? No, not for me. <laughs> <laughs> you just break branches or what? No. I, I mean, there's there are plenty of them. Um, 
but a lot of the times with my climber, like I've gone into those spots and I don't do a, a ton of summer scouting anymore, but I used to do a ton of it. Um, and I've gone into spots and, and modified trees where, you know, they got a bunch of small branches that you can legally cut off. And I just have those trees that are set up and in a good spot yeah. and I can go to them and. Which I think you can't understate the summertime preparation that should go into hunting public like that. Because that's the other half of why we typically don't. We always talk about it, especially when things are slow on our property. But then we're like, well, we don't know anything about this public piece. We can do, you know, whatever you can do on whatever app you use to kind of figure out where you think a decent location might be and then whatever scouting the day of or whatever but we're always like well we have to drive this far and then we have limited time while we're here you're kind of just more comfortable with the devil that we know rather than trying to go and figure out a public piece with limited time even yeah go ahead and i just think that's the thing though like if you can once you break out of that comfort zone and it was the same thing for us like the default is always to go with what you're coming. Oh man, it'd be so much easier to just go into the private, go into walk into a pre-hung set, and then you just all of a sudden you do it. Yeah. And you dive into these places in the dark. Sometimes you find a tree right away. Sometimes shit, it's getting light out, and you finally come across a tree and you get up. And who cares if it's the thing is like who cares if you get in after light? Maybe you don't even have a great sit, but now it's light out. You go, oh, crap, I should have been over there. Mm-hmm. You've now learned that spot. Just by being in there one time, you've learned the spot, learned something about it. Now, the next time you want to come in, you're already, A, more comfortable with it. You haven't messed with your property. So now your night sit's going to be better because you weren't in there during the day. And you've learned something about a different piece of property. And if you've seen deer, if you see deer that morning, now you've also learned something else. Maybe how they travel through it, things like that. So... I think it's just breaking out of that initial like discomfort of, man, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if, it, if I'm going to find a tree. I don't know if we're in the right spot. Like who cares? Yeah. Like even if you don't end up in the right spot, I bet you you'll find somewhere once it's daylight or on the way out, like, Oh, it should have been over here. Right. Like, look at this sign over here. Like, but now, you know, yep. and now if that was Saturday morning, now Sunday morning, you can mark that tree and boom, now you're in there and now you're comfortable already one day later. Right. So and it's just a matter of... Yeah, absolutely. And even if you don't ever get up into a tree, it doesn't matter. Right. You go in there, you're walking slow, and it gets light out, who cares? Like, you want to be in a tree, but if you don't find the right situation, like, there's not much sign around here, and I'm not going to go climb a tree, go through the effort of putting my stand on a tree and getting all my stuff up there and getting set up so that I can't see any deer. Like, I'll just keep walking. And the other thing would be you get a weekend where you go down there and I know you want to hunt your private, but conditions aren't optimal. Take like leave your place in the morning and don't even go back and hunt in the afternoon. Just commit your day to public and you'll find multiple spots. You can carry your climber with you. You can go modify your trees, mark them on your map. And now you've got, six spots that you can go in the dark they're marked you know how to get into them like 
it's just going to make you a better hunter. I'll give you a case right. in point. Last year, Minnesota, um, I think it was the Monday that all three of us missed bucks that day. I had never been into this piece before, and I carried my climber in. I was not in my climber in a tree until 1130 in the morning. I carried the thing around. The initial spot I had marked on the map that I thought I was going to sit didn't end up being right. I was in all these prickers and whatever those tag the things that tag on your i was covered in them yeah um ended up going to a different spot had a bunch of action just sitting on the ground had that's that time i had that like doe and spike buck come running past me at like eight yards tongues hanging out middle of the rut ended up finally getting into that tree at like 11 30 further down another spot and then i you know had the shot opportunity at about one o'clock but i i now have like five different spots marked from that day alone and i had never been in there before yeah um and it didn't matter that i didn't get in a tree before light in fact if i would have gotten in a tree before light in my initial spot it may have been a dud of a day but it just didn't feel right kept walking around sat on the ground a bunch of different times had those you know encounters with other deer finally said okay this is how this property is kind of setting up this is how they're working through here finally got into a tree and then that like one o'clock shot opportunity that I blew. Um, yeah. That's just a great example of exactly what we're talking about. Um, just not being, having no clue what that property really was other than aerial scouting it and then getting in there and, and f- trying to, you know, figure it out. Yeah. It was, it was the same, almost the same situation for me in Minnesota last year. Mine was a little bit different because mine was opening day in the rainstorm I ended up getting stuck in the mud off off the highway <laughs> and was just soaking wet. <laughs> and then yeah, a cold front came in, and I was freezing. So I just, I'm like, I got to get out of here. And I ended up going to a different public spot. And advantage was I'm, I got there at, like, I don't know, 2 o'clock or 2.30 by the time I was done messing around. And I didn't even take a tree stand in there. I just walked in to see what was going on. Like, wow, this is this looks pretty good. So that Monday, I went back in there, and I didn't have a tree picked out. We looked at the map, kind of decided the general area where I wanted to be. Like, we hunt hills in Wisconsin. So we found this ditch that was between two points, and... My plan was to go in there and find where's the heavy trail that's kind of crossing this ditch because it looked, based on the topo, like it was really steep on both sides. So I went in there. I waited until it was light out. I actually put a turkey call in my mouth as I walked in there and was just clucking. And I got in there, found, found this trail. I'm like, yep, this is where I'm going up. I went up the tree. My backpack's on the ground. I had my gun, no cameras or anything. And I got up and I was starting to pull my backpack up and there's a deer coming already. And that thing came behind me, a small buck, crossed the ditch, and then that's when the I end up seeing that big one across the ditch. But it was the same the same thing. Like I went in relatively blind and waited I don't think I was up in a tree until nine in the morning, nine thirty maybe in the morning. So I just was walking really slow with a turkey call, looking around, looking at sign, basically still hunting my way down this ravine 
until I found exactly what I was looking for, and then I climbed the tree. So it was probably 9, 9.30 before I was even up in into a tree. You don't need to be set before before daylight if it's a new spot. And I, and I think that's a misconception sometimes, too, that everyone thinks that you need to be up in a tree in your tree stand to actually be hunting. Like, it doesn't matter if your stand's on your back and you're on the ground. You are still, like, hunting. Yep. While you're on the ground, you're, you're still taking in all your surroundings, looking for signs. Sometimes you just sit on the ground and, like, it might not be worth it. I don't feel like it's worth the effort here to set everything up, climb the tree. But I just want to sit here and observe for a half hour and just see how what's going on in this area. Because it feels kind of right, but I don't know if it's, like, the spot. Yep. And then nothing happens for that half hour, maybe even an hour. Then you just move on. Or... Something happens, and then, yeah, this might be it. And as soon as that action disappears, you get up in a tree and set up there. So, mm. Yeah, I think that's I think that's great advice. I got a question also, but, buddy, you, like, got the front half of your body under the camera, but your your butt was, like. Full front, full on the I camera. I mean. Well, I was just really didn't want to just unplug everything no, there. I, I know, but. You you tried in the first half, but you really. You I, I I noticed that I, I kind of felt <laughs> that that it was it up was, in the air. It was but. A, it was a little high. My mic's falling down too. But so, do you think that on public land? You should fix. It. I'm I'm gonna fix it. Do you think that on public land, um, because you can be a little bit more aggressive because you're not as worried about blowing it out, that you end up almost having somewhat of a higher chance of success in some ways? I wouldn't say it's a higher chance at success. I think you're, I don't know. Honestly, I think you, I, I mean, it depends on the property. I think the property that we're, the private that we hunt on, you could go in with the same approach. I've gone in with the same approach in the past. Um, like, in 2020 there was a morning like i don't know first or second week of october and there was a morning where i was able to go and hunt and i parked down at the bottom walked up the ditch and i ended up getting up like scaling this hill it's like i don't know is that two, the oak side yeah 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 like 250, 300 feet of elevation change in the span of as a crow flies 100 yards. Like, it's like straight up. Yeah, it's straight up there with a climber on your back. That's a that's a doozy. Yeah, it was a, it was a doozy. And I ended up, actually that day I got set up before light. But the only reason I was, is I knew exactly what tree I wanted to go to because we used to have a tree stand hung in there, but we could never access it because we were never willing to walk up the hill like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, without a climber on, on your back, it wouldn't be as bad. I actually did that with Ty during uh, during gun season. Gun season yeah. um, we we scaled that hill, and it, it, it's still not fun, but it's not <laughs> terrible. Um, but that morning, I ended up having three bucks walk by me at 15 yards. They just weren't the ones that I, that I wanted. So there's a morning first or second week of October where you walk in there and that one wasn't necessarily blind but it's the same kind of idea like you you don't you don't have to necessarily have have a plan like I just as easily like actually big nine 
uh, behind the house there. Yep. I walked in there with my climber. Never had been in there before. We're, I, what even made me decide to go there? I can't even remember what it was. It was like something along the lines of we had seen deer running this hillside and in the past and like, well, this bottom would be the, one of the only transition points between the, so I just decided to go in there blind and got her figured out there yet. So it's, I do not. Something looks like a struggle, but for the know, record, Jake set this up the first time. <laughs> okay. All of ours are pretty good though. Right. But yeah. And long story short, first sit ever in that spot, I had our number one target deer come and that was that was my own fault. It was like the one time I ever had sent work for me. But it ended up working against me because I did a drag up there, did a drag down, and then hung the wick up but still had stuff on my boots, walked back up the same trail and then cut into where my tree stand was. You're jinxing me, so it's not I'm dealing with it. So this deer came in started following my drag line and then instead of following it to where I hung the wick he ended up following it and turning and walking straight at my tree that's that's no see we'll, we'll do that too with that you know spray your boots or you know dip a, a dipstick in the back and walk to your stand with it I've, I've never had any luck with it I've also haven't done it a ton but I always try it I don't I've got 20 years of experience with it, and that's the one time <laughs> that I had a deer follow it. So I've, we've been through this before, but, yeah, the scent, scent game is not my, my jam. What about the, the decoy game? I don't know if you guys throw decoys out, considering you hunt a lot of bluffs. I know you have some field. I had it work once. I, I did have it work once. I, I have very little experience using it. I think I only used it once or twice. And it worked one time. Uh, I was sitting in the old uh, FDS field stand. Uh, had a that buck decoy out, the whatever the flambeau buck decoy is, and half rack on it, took half off. And that funky nine-pointer came out a couple hundred yards out of the peninsula and I don't know if I grunted or rattled. I can't remember. That was a long time ago. Getting old. Um, probably a grunt. Probably a grunt, yeah. Yeah, my rattling success prior to antlers wasn't very good. And he came on a beeline across the field right to the decoy, and I decided not to shoot him. Um, so I'm probably 50% success rate because I've only <laughs> done it about twice, and it worked <laughs> once, but uh haven't done it in probably eight years. <laughs> That's actually funny because I had when I um, – when I hit MJ, when he dropped down and I hit him high, I had a double decoy set up. I had a doe with a buck behind it. And I think that was on, I don't know, November 1st or 2nd, maybe. Or maybe it was even October still, I can't remember. Somewhere in that time frame, I had... Was uh, was he sniffing? Was he mountainer? Was he, what was the setup look like? Was she bedded? Setup was real nice. <laughs> I got to watch their silhouettes uh. in, in the sunset after I had hit that deer. Um, yeah. No, she was just standing there. I had him above. Well, no shit. She wasn't moving. <laughs> She's a decoy. Well, I've taken the legs off of the doe decoy before to make okay. it a better doe. All right. All right. So She's standing up. Yeah. And then the buck was right behind her, like maybe three yards. 
he came out, circled around, he was behind him, and he didn't, I mean, he didn't, by no means ran right into the decoy, but he was checking it out, and I think once he got close enough, it was almost like a spook thing, like, yeah, why aren't these things moving? I think there's definitely a certain use for it. Probably my biggest regret that I've ever had hunting is not setting up a decoy at Gabby's property. Um, she had a a buck that was probably 135 inches or so. Um, she was sitting out by herself one night, saw the buck, phone was dead, no pictures, no videos, but it was too far away, couldn't shoot it, and came back and said she saw a giant back there. Nobody believed her. You know, what is she saying is a giant buck, whatever, you know. So I think it was the next night I went and sat out with her, and it was pre-rut, rut, and we didn't set up a decoy. And I was just afraid that, depending upon how old the buck really was, what the situation was, it might just end up spooking him. He might not like it. I was kind of hesitant to do it. And sure enough, out he popped that that same night on the same far side of the field and we could grunt at him and that got his attention he liked that but he would look right in our direction and then you could tell he was like he wanted to come in there but he didn't see the buck that was grunting at him and i am almost positive if we would have had a decoy out there he would have come in whether or not he would whether or not gabby would have got a shot whether or not like everything would have came together who knows but i think we would have had a much better opportunity there if we had a decoy so i think there's definitely some value yeah sometimes those like field edge setups like that i think it's really can be useful because if a deer does come out at a certain distance and you call whether it's rattle or grunt or whatever and they boom they snap their head they're looking but they're like what the heck i don't see anything exactly Versus if you're in a, you know, a hardwoods, that's a whole different story. They, yep. they can't see wherever they're at. They, they got to come in to investigate. But if they're across the field and hear something, they might give you a look and they might be interested. But when they don't get that visual reassurance that something's there, they're just like, eh, nope. Well, they can just not. pinpoint it so precisely. Like they know exactly where that sound came from. So if they're looking right there and they don't see anything, you know. They're just not coming. You, well, you know my uncle Randy. He's no. he loves the decoys. I mean, I wouldn't say loves them, but so they'll. My dad and him and my other uncle and he, now even me will take off almost a whole week. You know, either at the end of October into the first week of November, first week of November, whatever. And you know, by day five or six, you're just like, all right, well, let's try something new. So he'll he loves throwing out decoys. And I've personally never had any luck with it, but like I have a buck or I have a doe and he has a buck, so he might take two of them out and set them up and whatnot. And he's had little ones or you know a year and a half and two and a half come by, but I, honestly, I've only grunted and grunted or rattled in one deer in my whole life, and that was last year when it was November the third, a Wednesday. It was like four. It was probably it was gonna get up to seventy degrees that day. I remember. Mm-hmm. It was my first day of vacation. I took I took off and we were hunting and it was like probably almost 55 degrees already in the morning and I grunted and like two minutes later this buck walks in. That's the only time I've ever and I was he was a shooter, had him at 11 yards, couldn't draw back because he just came in too quick and he pinpointed me. So that stand got moved in the off season, but that that's the only time I've ever had luck with even rattling or grunting one and then 
I'm one one to be aggressive with the the calls. Right. I, I like to I like to let them know what's what's around at least in the rut. So I kind of want to get into our main topic before too long here, but on that same subject, what is your guys' opinion on the snort wheeze? Because I don't know if I will ever snort wheeze at a deer again ever in my life. Done. I don't think I'll ever do it. I did it once when I was like 11 or 12 and didn't really understand the whole concept of it. Never worked. If you want to see a deer run away from you as fast as possible, in my experience, you snort wheeze at it. That's if you don't have a, a mature, if you, I mean, if you grunt or snort wheeze at a four or five year old who's been on your property for the last three years, I almost positive he would probably come in like that. That's probably can, true. Do you need a, a call to do, like, can we hear it to confirm whether we would run away or not? Can you make it right now? Is it an actual snort wheeze? It's or? an actual snort wheeze call. Yeah. It's not just me. Like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> just blowing your nose. No. <laughs> No, it's an actual like snort wheeze call. I've I've seen them do it, and because you, you watch them do it on YouTube, and they do their little snort wheeze into their call, and boom, I mean, giant if you're, just comes running in. He's well, just firing. You can't snort wheeze a year and a half. That's probably not going to end well. But you know, yeah, those guys on YouTube, they're also hunting on six hundred acres with right. like yeah. the Drury's six hundred acres, and they got they're hunting seven and a half year old deer. That's a little different. I do think it's a little. Not overrated, but it. Every time you see it, it, it does work. It, right, it, and I that's mean, not true. I think if I ever come in contact with a seven-year-old deer, I probably hit it with my car. <laughs> I, I don't know that I'm ever gonna have a seven-year-old deer on my property, but it, I think yeah, in that case, it probably does work. But I guarantee you, though, that there are maybe not seven, but probably like five to seven-year-old deer near your property, just knowing where it's at. And those younger bucks have all gotten their butts whooped by them. Yeah. So they hear a snort wheeze, and they're like, huh. <laughs> <laughs> That I could see, for sure. See ya. That I could see. So have have you two ever snort wheezed a buck in or even at a buck? I've done it, but never successfully. I've very minimally. It's always been a last resort for me. But I have snort, like I have done calling sequences where I'll, I'll start off with like just a real low grunt and then sort of build up over the span of mm-hmm. 10 minutes and towards the end of it I will throw a snort wheeze in there and wait and then I'll hit horns together and I've had that work but I don't know if it's the snort wheeze or the grunts or the horns or like I can't definitively say I've snort wheezed a buck in. Right. Um, like the only other time I've really done it would be when I have a deer that's walking away from me. Yeah. Like there is. This is also 2020. Man, 2020 was just an awful year for me. <laughs> like it was a really good year. I had so many encounters, but. It and was, that was like a great was year for you, right, Colby? It was insane. Yeah. yeah. Shots, four bucks. <laughs> it was a COVID year. Yep. But Eli, Eli year. did have an insane amount of count encounters that year. Yeah, it was uh, just nuts. It, just, it was bad in terms of like actually putting something on the on the ground. But right. It was a good year in terms of yeah. deer sightings and yeah. big so buck encounters. On this morning, I had I was going back to school. You know, I partied too much in my younger years and never had finished it was close like he had to take just a couple classes 
but didn't finish it. So I, I was back in school, and I had a presentation that I had to give at, like, noon that day. So instead of preparing for that, um, I stayed up late the night before, got everything ready, got, like, three hours of sleep, woke up, went out to the woods, and I said, at 10 o'clock, I have to leave. <laughs> like, I need to get out of the tree, and I need to get out of there. Well, 10 o'clock hit. I was disciplined. Um, I started packing my stuff up. And my jacket, like, has a little thumb hole in it. Mm -hmm. So I had to take my release off, put it over my jacket. So to get undressed, because it's, like, I don't know, back to the stand I was in, it's over a mile walk from where we park. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not wearing my my jacket all the way back to the truck I'll be dead from overheating <laughs> um, so I take my release off I hang it up like on my um, I think I hung it on my stabilize on the stabilizer of my bow that was hanging up in the tree and I take my jacket off and I have one arm out and <laughs> I'm turned towards the tree and I hear, Marf. and I look over my shoulder, one arm out of my jacket, and <laughs> there's Giant. a there's a, a really nice buck coming. <sighs> so, like, I, he wasn't paying any attention to me. His nose was on the ground. I rip my arm out of my jacket. I'm fumbling around to get the release back on. And by the time that happened, he'd gotten past any shooting lane I had, he was going to be behind brush. So I did the next best thing. I whipped my phone out and, <laughs> and snapped a picture of him. So Sent me a nice picture of that freaking giant eight point. Oh, I think it was a giant eight pointer, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, oh. but I, sn I snort of, wheezed at him. That was the year of terrible timing for you. Yeah. <clears throat> Nothing worked out well that. Yeah. I will say, I don't think I've ever had one run away though. No, really? No, no. Yeah, that's maybe if you not wanna... care. Maybe snap his head and look, and eh, yeah. no, nope, coming in. But never had one run away. Maybe I'm doing it wrong. It sounds like I'm doing it just like they do it on YouTube, but it's could see, just be the the wrong buck. That's a generational yeah. gap, though, because <laughs> we never would have said like they're doing it on YouTube. We just said like they're doing it on the Outdoor Channel. Yeah. Right, but I mean, I know I. I hear you. It's I'm just saying generational gap. Yeah, here. yeah. You got There's two, two different age groups here for yeah, sure. Generational gap too. Like maybe yours is a little too, too high pitched. I mean, you're a bit younger. Right, you are a young just, buck. You know, just kind of went through puberty. Whereas we're <laughs> a little bit more mature. It's, it's a little bit deeper sound. Sure. Yeah. So maybe there's a difference there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. I'll have to look into that. You know, just start watching the outdoor channel. <laughs> Whatever that's on, however you get to the outdoor channel, I guess it's called the TV. So it's <laughs> do you do you have cable? I don't think so. I didn't think so. I don't think so. I've got Netflix. I've got Peacock. I've got Hulu. Whatever you, know, you need. But do you know what cable? cable? Do you, you know what cable is? Yeah. Pet. No, no, no. Like the 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 streaming service. You got a big satellite on your roof too, or you did send us a picture of a peacock in the spring. That you <laughs> yeah, that freaking peacock turkey. That's not, it's a turkey. 
it's that's not the most real. beautiful turkey on planet Earth. That is just right. so now we're, we're, now we're going down a rabbit hole. Yeah, that, like we don't even need to start that conversation. <laughs> we don't because I just said what the facts are. No. That's the most beautiful turkey on planet Earth. I don't think you've ever seen a strutting eastern in the sun ever. Well, I've been with you, and we've seen them, and I can you tell guys, you... You guys got to just start by killing one, okay? We can't, we can't. <laughs> it's, it's been a while. It's been a while. We'll give you that. It's been way too long. That's for sure. Way too long. Yeah. We've been, we've been getting screwed a little bit. Can't say we aren't trying, because I went every single week last year. We tried really hard. We went all the way to Nebraska to try it well, the I year also, before. I, I feel did. like you guys waved the white flag a little early on the competition this oh, year. Oh yeah, two hours in, I was pissed. It was over. <laughs> he was. I, I also like d- it was I over did. Quick. I did miss one, so that didn't help. Okay, but to be fair, your Thursday Friday that you guys killed them, or Wednesday Thursday was great weather. Thursday Friday, and then and we we, had Saturday, we go Sunday. Saturday Sunday, and it's like rain and freaking snow almost. Like yep. it, it wasn't not making excuses. Because I did end up missing one. That's beyond the point. Um, <laughs> did you film that? Yeah, it's on film. I got the, I got a great video of it when he flies up and flies at us at about five yards and we unload on him. <laughs> that was great. You and Terry are trying to shoot him out of the sky. and He's just... I called him off of the roost. Like He came down at like 5 o'clock in four season, which is pretty early. I called him off with my mouth calling. He's like... He gobbled once and I'm like, oh, he's on the ground already. And then... You know, he gobbled again two minutes later, and he's like, okay, shit, he's like 70 yards away. I call, and the next thing you know, he's like 30 yards. I'm like, dude, he's right there. <laughs> yeah, it, it was just a bad. Long story short, we went back, and I looked at the where I was shooting, and I absolutely destroyed a branch that was in the way. I just got a little trigger happy. Yeah. He was getting a little spooky just because there was a hen, which was me, and there was no hen out there. We didn't have a decoy out there, so he was... <laughs> He wasn't stupid, and yeah. if I would have waited a little bit, I think my dad maybe would have got a shot at him, but he couldn't see him, so live you'll and learn. That. Live yeah. and learn. Yeah, you'll have that. So I'll just shoot a couple this year now. Right. Maybe this fall. Might have better luck than the yeah, spring. I, I usually get a tag. Yeah, it's probably worth a shot. Right. But on that note, we want to kind of talk about goals for the season as we're getting pretty close here, and everybody kind of has jump to. jump quick. Okay. We'll, we'll come back to you. However you're going to make your... Okay, there you go. Okay, maybe we'll start with Eli then. We'll go season by season, I think. So, Wisconsin archery season. I mean, it goes without saying everybody's goal is to shoot a big buck, right? But to get a little bit more specific into that, do you have anything like an age range or a certain buck or a certain time? Yeah, I mean, I think... I'm at the point now where I I really don't want to shoot any more three-year-old bucks. I want them to be uh, mature, four years old plus. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've kind of talked about it. Like any of the deer that I think might be three for me are are off of the list. Um, and I, I honestly, I, there's nothing wrong with shooting a three-year-old deer. I, I've shot plenty of them. Uh, just the point that I am at, I guess, in my evolution as a hunter, um, I just, I want to shoot a mature deer. So um, I'm not going to go ahead and call my shot or anything, but I, 
you know that that's the plan is to shoot one that is at least four years old plus um yeah i think you got to throw in there though that i mean they're they got some they got some tanks this year there's yeah i mean you got you've got a handful some that are that are well over that age limit and are for sure mature so i i agree if i were you guys too i probably wouldn't be shooting three-year-old deer just because of I mean, like we said earlier, you guys got a like a hundred and forty inch two and a half. So right. I mean, yeah, you, you and you got that one that Mr. Krabs is just giant, and you yeah. think he's what four and a half, maybe five? I think he's yeah, he's 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 probably a four he's year probably old. Four. Yeah, thank you. He's probably a four year old. <laughs> um, <laughs> possibly five. Last right. year, last year we were in the debate and we were between three and four. Right. Um. You know, the the neighbor seemed to think that he was a four year old, um, but hmm. who knows? But, I mean, we just watched that video where you shot your poppy last year, and he was in there, and I'd probably agree that uh, he he looks <laughs> a little skinnier in that. Just seeing him in that one, that's the general. He might gap. just be a four year old and a tank of a four year old. Yeah, yeah. I mean, ideally, you know, I mean. I think a better question for me for for Archer would be not what's my goal this year, but you know over the next three years, what's the goal? And my goal would be to evolve from that where I'm. Last year I shot a three-year-old. I said this year I want to shoot a four-year-old, and my goal in the next three years is to kind of be at that point where I can start to wait until they're five, you know. Because four-year-olds are a mature deer, but, man, those five, six-year-olds are, that's really when they start to pack stuff on. So that would be, I guess, my goal over the next three years is can I be disciplined enough to let those deer walk and start to try to build a little bit older age structure? Yeah. Okay, so, Jake, same question. Um, Wisconsin archery season. We're not getting into gun yet, but just for just for the bow season. I mean, I know it's been a couple of years now. You're coming off a Blade Runner, which is a your biggest ever. It's pretty impressive buck, but it's been a couple of years now. So, what's uh, what's your goal here this year? I mean, we don't have anything near Blade Runner caliber this year. He was like 155. I bet you the biggest we got is a a 130, which is still an, an awesome deer, and. Uh, I, I like Eli's point of, you know, waiting for him to be four and a half and whatnot. And I would love to do that on our property. But the the problem with ours is that one, the road goes through it and it's, it's not, there's a lot of field that everybody can see. And plus our neighbors are all retired old guys who live right where they, right where on that property. So those guys are hunting all the time. I mean, I think a couple of years ago we had like four or five of them that were hit listers on ours that were killed by the neighbors just because they can hunt way more than we can. So uh, that three and a half year old is definitely our threshold of where we're, you know, we're taking them and we're going to get together and be like, we'll sit down before the year starts me and my dad, and my uncle. And all right, these are the ones we'll take. And you know, these ones we'll, we'll get the pass on and, and whatnot. But like, I, like I agree with Eli, if you can let them get up to that maturity, it, it's crazy. Cause I don't know if Blade Runner was a four and a half or if he was just a really, really good three and a half, but either way, that 
that maturity is insane to me. But I think that we don't have the best daytime pictures yet, but we got two bucks that are pretty consistent around here that are that I would probably shoot. So I don't know if we'll get a crack at them or if I necessarily will, but I think if, if I hunt hard enough like I have been, I'll probably at least lay eyes on them. I'd, I I wouldn't um, wouldn't scoff at shooting that half rack too. If I have, to, I mean, if he comes out and right. I see him, I I'd probably put an arrow on him. Opening weekend or the second weekend, probably not. But yeah, you know, later on in the year, maybe. Well, Blade Runner is really an interesting case there because the year prior to you shooting him, he's a textbook two and a half year old. Like he's a hundred, hundred and ten inches, not a lot of mass. He's a two and a half year old deer. Like. There's really no debate about it. And then the year that you shot him, his neck is just insanely thick. He put on 50 inches in a year. Like he was 200. Huge. He was 220 pounds field dress. Huge opening deer. day of Wisconsin. Uh, opening day in September. Right. So, so then that's the question: Was he either a really weak three and a half, and then showed his potential as a four and a half, or was he just a regular old two and a half that really blew up at three? And that's because we had pictures of him standing next to a buck we called Hightower, who was like 150 inch that the yep. neighbors killed. And he, I mean, he looked tiny next yeah. to him. So I don't know. It could have just been, he could have just been two and a half and just really blew up. I mean, I had both of his sheds as a two and a half, which is pretty cool. Yeah. And which is why I think he survived because he wrapped around the front and he broke off almost all of his right, his left side. So I don't think anybody shot him because he wasn't, he was basically a half rack. Yeah. So. I don't know. I think I think there'll be some good. Uh, either me, and my dad, or my uncle are gonna put one down. I hope it's my uncle. I mean, yeah. he hasn't shot one ever with the bull, and he, he's due. So I hope it's one of. I hope it's him for sure. Or if not, right. one of us gets eyes on him. So yeah. So Colby Eli said he's looking to, over the next couple of years, increase his, the age structure on the property and and the maturity of the deer that he's taken is that sort of a unified front um for you as well or are you maybe yeah, more yeah willing to yeah i think so um <clears throat> my goal is always just to have fun and i i just love whitetail hunting so much uh just i want it to always be an enjoyable season um part of it for me is just especially now like my having a family and kids are getting older like i didn't fish a lot this summer sacrifice in other areas of my life but one one area i really don't like to sacrifice is when it comes to whitetail hunting i want to i just love it it's my favorite thing to do um i just want to have fun out in the woods whether that's harvesting a deer or not just <clears throat> hanging out with one of my best friends um but yeah my goal this year is to be a little bit more patient um there's really two deer on our private property at, that are really on my list uh mr crabs and a deer we called hooch i don't know if he touched on that or not while i was away for a second but those two are really the top two on the list and i think i'm gonna be patient and either wait for those two or you know just see how the season progresses and whether it's public land different opportunities seeing what's out there or just seeing what else filters in because i don't ever get too high or too low based on summer cam picks because we've seen it plenty of times before where you know we've had a deer on every single day and then they shed velvet and the season comes and he's gone and yeah. then you hear of a neighbor a mile over the over the next ridge or two that shoots them um and vice versa we've had 
summers where the picks are so so and then the season comes and you get into later towards the rut and all of a sudden bigger bucks filter in so um we do have an you know if you would draw the list down there are plenty of other you know very very nice respectable deer but i think they're gonna get the pass this year and i'm gonna be a little bit more patient and not that i'm zeroing in on those two i mean I, i kind of am but i'm also gonna see what happens as well um those two specific deer if i get an opportunity in the first two weekends because i do plan on hunting the first two weekends of the season i think they're going to get a narrow um but if it's not those two i think everything else is going to get passed and we're going to see what the rest of the season brings this year um but goal for me is always just have a good time don't this is supposed to be fun it's not supposed to be this stressful thing i know two years ago i really zeroed in on uh dozer I think that really huge 11 pointer and I tried specifically hunting this one buck and I was chasing trail camera pictures all over the property um, and really had a dud of a year. I wasn't even seeing any shooters. I always seemed like I was one step behind because I was chasing trail camera pics and really wasn't that much fun zeroing in on that one specific deer. So a couple of options, but going to take the season as it comes. I want to be patient. I would love to harvest you know, like Eli said, a four and a half year old or older, but I, th- I still feel like the baseline for us is always what gets the ticker going. Mm-hmm. And if that deer comes in and you're jacked up, you're excited, like let the arrow fly with no regrets, but going to try to be a little selective, I guess. Yeah. When it comes to the Wisconsin bow season. Right. So what about for you? Yeah. I, th- I mean, I think I'm kind of the opposite of, you guys, but I mean, just for <laughs> you're also in a little different yeah, just predicament a, than a, they are. Yeah, a very different situation, obviously. Um, I mean, one thing that has been mentioned is I'm, I'm going to try to shoot a doe with a bow. Rightfully because so. Because it's been six years since I've shot a deer, period. Not including and that was the bow. With a, that was right. with a gun. We haven't worked it out what it's been with a bow, but it, uh, eight to ten, I'd say. Eight to ten. For I mean, sure, we were I like, think. you were probably twelve. What are you now? Twenty one. Twenty one. Almost twenty. So you're probably yeah, twelve years old. Yeah. So it's just been so long. Shooting a doe at least is is like number one goal. Um, I think I'm probably shooting the first two and a half that walks by. Which you regardless should. Regardless, I think of, you should. Yeah, regardless yeah. of what he looks like. I mean, I, I, I think. I guarantee you, your heart will be pumping, and just just to shoot right. something with your right. bow is gonna be. It's insane. If I could bring out the the box or wherever they are now of all the quote unquote small or two yep. year old or one and a half year old or basket rack mm-hmm. bucks that I've shot in my life, like there's a whole bunch. Yeah. Like it, it, there's a process in getting you know there's an evolution as a hunter, um, and I feel like you got to get some deer under your belt. Right. The I feel like that's a mistake with too many people that first get into hunting is they're they're watching all this YouTube stuff or outdoor channel or whatever <laughs> um and seeing all these big bucks drop and then that's their goal right off the bat yeah and it's just man get some deer under your belt have some fun enjoy harvesting some whitetails be proud of whatever you shoot and who cares people don't need to people are judging deer way too much and that yeah. just drives me crazy like just be happy for someone that they were out there enjoying the great outdoors harvesting an animal getting some healthy great venison for their family yeah and having a good time um, so that would be my, yeah. And one of the, one of the perspectives I've heard recently, um, that I think is kind of the one that I share is that, you know, you should always try to shoot 
like at the maximum potential for the age structure that your property has we see a three and a half year old buck on a trail camera once every every other year probably so we if that i'd like, say i'd say you get a three and a half that'll stroll through at least once a year that may be true like in the rut that probably happens but Which i mean is, your property's better than the rut than it is it is from july till middle of october for sure it's definitely pre-rut to rut is like the prime time there because everything's traveling through there but um it's just there's no chance that a five and a half year old deer is coming on there even if he strolls by he's gonna stroll by one day he's not living there for more than one day so it's like the kind of the maximum for us is like a two and a half or a three and a half year old deer which is still a hell of a deer yeah and i think still, you should shoot the first one like yeah like colby said that my first one i shot a year and a half and i shot three two and a halves after that and then right. after that then i was shooting i mean you get those some of those kids who are i don't want to say spoiled but they go out and shoot 150 inch of their first deer ever and it's like well where do you go from there right you know what i mean yeah yeah dude i'm glad i came up the yeah, way yeah me I did. too versus like you know dad put me in front of a 150 inch or when i'm eight years old and i can't even handle the weapon on my own and i got a crossbow on a tripod and he, he yeah. aims it for me and all i do is pull the trigger i'm glad the way things happened for me i had a couple of misses early oh and then you know i shot a bunch of basket racks and i was man i was so i was just as jacked up if not more jacked up and heart racing and just buck fever galore over that freaking yeah. eight point basket rack than i was over the 174 incher i shot i yeah. mean my i i have my first buck mounted in my garage and i get so many questions like why like why'd you get that deer mounted just living in the southwestern part of wisconsin people see it and they're like well why'd you get that deer like that's probably one of my best deer memories of all time it was my first buck well, I don't know, think scores, 115 inches, 110 inches, yeah, 115 inches, like, but, man, was I just jacked about it. You've even said that to me before. Oh, I don't know if I, I can't believe I got that one mounted. And I'm like, dude, man, that's one of my best memories. And it wasn't even me shooting a deer. Like, we were both cutting our teeth into bow hunting, yeah. just getting started in the hills there in college. Um, and I, I think we've told this story on a previous podcast before, but I still remember that morning crystal clear of, of you shooting that deer over in the in the corner stand over there, and I was sitting the ground blind in the Christmas tree plot, and you know what, eight thirty nine o'clock, I can see you coming over the hill, and I could just tell <laughs> by how you were walking, it just looked like this jittery walk. I'm like, he, this was like before we were texting each other and yeah. doing all this stuff. Yeah, I'm like, that frick, he shot a freaking buck, and I was like already climbing out of the blind before he even got to me. Wasn't mad that it was eight thirty and he was coming in to or screwing up my hunt. I didn't care. I knew it right from just watching him over that he had shot a deer and it's still one of my favorite. I can still remember taking that deer down to down to by the water yep. there by the Mississippi and taking the pictures and man, that's what it's all about. Yeah. I think my buddy from high school was down there. Yeah, trap tobacco. Tobacco, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But and just going back like you guys talked about age structure like you have to have realistic goals for the properties that you're hunting right so like it's easy for pat and i to say like we want to shoot a four-year-old and like well my what i said is like 
over the next three years be able to progress to waiting till five. But like we're in a good situation. Like yeah, that's the norm there. Like that. While there's a neighbor that has four hundred acres that isn't gonna shoot one that's three or four. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe a four, but he's not gonna shoot a three year old. And then um, adjoining to that, like just bought the new 40 like he's probably got 400 acres so it's like 400 400 the property we're on is like 180 and then across the road from that property is another 400 acre that like where it's everybody in the area is kind of on the same page as far as let's try to let the deer get mature so if you don't have neighbors that are going to be willing to do that and that's what I would say is, like, do you know your neighbors? Have you talked to your neighbors? Do you know what their goals are? If you don't have neighbors that are willing to do that, then that's not a realistic goal for you on your property. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So if we go back through real quick then, Wisconsin gun season, does anybody's goals change when it gets to there? Is it still the same? You're still trying to just advance that age structure? Still the same? No. Yeah, totally different. different. Totally different. Yeah. yeah, it's just a complete different property. Eli usually comes up and hunts um, at our my family's cabin land, at least on opening weekend. And we just don't have the, the amount of – it's not that we don't have the age structure. It, it's just the amount of older deer. It, it, there's just less of them. Yeah. Um, there is some big – tracks of private land connected to ours and those guys do do some nice qdm but there's also a lot of uh brown it's down mm-hmm. in the area as well and we've had it many times where you pass bucks and they go out in the field and you know first guy that sees it is, is cracking at it and and it's part of it but um i'd say up there we just kind of roll with uh outside the ears solid eight to ten point or better we try to you know make it a nice two and a half three and a half or better sure buck but uh there it's more about the camaraderie the fun hanging out with the with my dad and my brother and and the group and the tradition and trying to to put some deer on the ground and you know that's the whole the best thing about how my season is structured is i've got all these opportunities to kind of hunt different ways um, and, and me and Eli are hunting the same way, essentially. Like, we've got our Wisconsin bow season and, and some properties where we're... Trophy hunting. Essentially, essentially like trophy hunting. Like, trying to shoot a mature class deer. Yeah. Then we, we choose to go to Minnesota for their gun season. And what I love about that is there's zero expectation. Yes, are there some mega deer over there? Absolutely. But you don't have any trail cameras. You don't have any... You don't really know what you're getting into. So that is truly whatever gets the heart ticking in the moment and whatever I want to shoot. And then from there you go to the Wisconsin gun season up on a completely different p- property where it's, you know, all about the camaraderie, having fun, and, and again, a little bit of the whatever gets your heart ticking, uh, nice, respectable buck. But there's these just different phases of the season and different places we're hunting where you kind of get this full experience where, you know, we kind of have super high expectations in the Wisconsin Bowl. Then there's no expectation in Minnesota. Just shoot whatever you want. Man, I don't care. We go over there and yeah. shoot a fork. 
corner spike. Yeah. Like, shoot, we'll celebrate that. Crack a few bush lights, have fun. <laughs> um, and eat then some in, back straps. Yeah, eat some back straps. Uh, not that we have shot that type of deer. But like, I think we're all going for a nice buck. But Right. Um, and then you're back in Wisconsin for the gun season. Where it's, again, it's back about camaraderie, having fun, tradition, family, and you don't really care who shoots one. You just you just want to have fun with the, with the group. Yeah, yeah. So it's just a well-rounded season. Right. The gun season is all about tradition and the social part of it. Opening weekend, and then after that, it's about for me. It's more about kind of passing it on and hunting with Ty, my stepson. And, you know, last year, I felt so bad when I shot that deer because <laughs> that was supposed to be his, that was supposed to be his buck. Yeah. Um, and it was just something where, you know, they're, like his dad had already made plans and it was one of his days, so he couldn't come with me that afternoon. Yeah. So... Am I going to just leave? No, I'm not going to just leave it. I'm just, I'm, I went in there, but the intention was he's coming with me. We're going in there together. Like I knew, I knew the log that we were going to go sit behind on the ground together and he would have, he would have been able to dust that thing. Um, but you know, that's more of what it's about. And it's just a bonus. If I, if I end up bagging one. Right. Does your, strategy change or your goals change at all jake probably not it's pretty much the same just because it's the same property right but it also is the i really don't care i don't have high expectations for gun season because in wisconsin it is like a tradition i mean you get people like ton we've had it before where my my uncle passed up a buck that was missing half of his rack just because he was all busted up and we would have shot him earlier in the year but he broke off four or five points Yep. Walked across the fence line, got shot five minutes later. Yep. You know, just just stuff like that. It's like, well, what are you gonna do? But I'm more up there to hang out with everybody. It's right. It's way more fun just because my cousins are up there. It's just it's not like bow season where everybody's up there and you know I'm not gonna go out there and whack a two and a half just because I that's I'm past that point. Right. You know. Right. And I I give my I I'm glad my dad was like this and my uncle. You know, me being a 10 12 year old i was shooting i wanted to shoot anything i saw and they didn't care they weren't gonna tell me no and yeah. even so even when i did shoot i've shot i shot four bucks and oh three and a half uh, a year and a half and two three two and a halfs and they weren't they didn't even tell me like you know maybe you should wait and they kind of let me figure that out on my own to decide you know, you know maybe maybe you should wait a little bit and shoot some bigger ones and once i started doing that it was I'm so glad I didn't that they didn't pressure me because if they pressured me, I probably wouldn't have wanted to, and I probably would have wanted to shoot more yeah. two and a halfs and you know shoot whatever I saw. And yeah. so it, it's pretty much the same. But you know, like we were on, when we were on the way up here, we were talking about Minnesota a little bit, and uh, you guys were so gracious enough to invite us this year. And you know, like we were talking, you you see a 120 incher, put that thing down. You know, I mean that's that's like still a great deer, especially yeah. in a new state. You yeah. see an 85 incher. Right. Right. So that's exactly, yeah. I'll, I'll start there. Put that thing down. Right. Wisconsin gun season. My goals don't change. I'm probably shooting a doe. If I have the chance I'll, at one, I'll shoot three or four does during I'm, the gun season. Yeah, I'm shooting the first two and a half that I see, but Minnesota, that's pretty much quoted word for word. What I was saying, like you guys have had some chances at some really, really nice bucks over there, but I don't even need just with the track record that I've had. I don't even need that, like 120 incher. 
I need I'm more I shoot than happy. I'm sure. shooting it like. Yeah, I'll shoot 120. That's. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. That's what yeah. I'm saying. And right. just the so fact like, that it's almost like Wisconsin gun season, but just there that, you know, all four of us would be there. Right. Plus maybe some more. And it just would it'd be a great time. You know, 120 yeah. inch deer is still a great deer. Right. Yeah. So that's what I'm really excited for there. Cause I feel like there's a decent opportunity there to get at least if nothing else to a new place with guys who know what they're doing over there to a certain extent and have had some opportunities at some decent bucks there. It's going to be a chance to learn and a, and a chance to have an opportunity maybe at a, at a decent buck. Here's what's fun about it. Like the area that we're hunting in is so diverse. If you want to hunt hills, you can hunt hills. Mm-hmm. If you want to hunt river bottom, creek bottom, you can hunt, you can hunt that like with more people there's a very solid chance we'll get together and maybe do some drives. But, like, the options for being able to just try out different things, and it really doesn't matter. Like, we'll do some wild stuff. Like, yeah. we would, a couple of years ago, we had the canoe we had in the there. Canoe, yeah. yeah. We were paddling, and, like, that was a great option. Um, had I had an opportunity at one, just never quite... Like, I never even ended up taking a shot. It just didn't yeah. quite work out right. But, you know, just it's a good chance for you to sit down. We'll talk about all, like, the e-scouting and stuff, point you to some areas. But, like, by no means is it – I don't think it's good to, like, hold people's hand with it. Like, here's an area. This is good. These are the general areas where I would go. I haven't walked in there. You're going to have to go in there and kind of – Learn it for yourself. It yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So that'll be that'll be a fun experience, I think. And we'll have, I have I have the four horse motor now, and I'm working <laughs> on I'm working on a on a flat bottom. Ooh, nice to upgrade over the over the canoe. Yeah. Uh huh. Um, but that that might open open some options up. But sure. So if you want to go in by boat and mess around with that, go in by boat and mess around with that. If you want to bring waders and walk in and to some spots where you're going to have to cross a creek and probably be, you know, tits deep. Yeah. <laughs> then go and do that. If you want to sweat and walk up and down the hills and learn how to hunt hills better, go and do that. Like it's all about just having fun and then getting better and yeah. and and learning, building your knowledge base. Like the hunts where you don't kill something, you usually learn more than on the hunts where you do kill something. Right. Yeah, yeah. I I really just enjoy I, I'm at the point in time in my career and I don't know that I ever was any different, but I'm just happy to go hunting with a group of guys or friends and I honest to God do not care if it's me that shoots one or if it's Eli or if you guys are there. I'm gonna be freaking ecstatic for whoever does it. I it, it really is not about whether I get one or not. I love the the group camaraderie and whoever gets one, let's celebrate that. I love that. Yeah. You know, a couple of years ago we were bow hunting in Minnesota and our buddy Mike was, who's been coming a couple of years with us now. He got one with the bow. Yeah. Awesome. Love. We, we struck out. We had a, well, you had some encounters. I had a rough, rough week when I was there, but so jacked up for Mike. Um, and what an awesome experience that was. And yeah. it, it didn't matter to me that I went home without 
putting no. a tag on anything. Don't, I honestly do not care. Well, the three of us were down there together yep. and tracking it, and then we had to go knock on a door and get permission to continue tracking it. Yeah. You know, the whole process of finding that deer was awesome. And then we're looking at it, and, and it's like, we're going to take it up that. Nope. So we ended huh. up doing the canoe pack out. Yeah, you, you, Daniel, booned it down the river for 10 miles while me and Mike went to the takeout place. And the we're just in the dark, and we're just like, oh, my God, is this? did, did he survive? Is he coming? <laughs> and all of a sudden, like, after an hour, we see the, the headlight or flashlight come around the corner, and we're like, holy shit, here comes Daniel Boone down the river in the dark <laughs> with the freaking buck in the canoe. And, yeah, it was awesome. Just an awesome, memorable experience. And it, it wasn't a deer for either of us. It was Mike's buck. So. Right. Mm-hmm. Happy to do it. Yeah. yeah. Do it again in a heartbeat. Yep. Got to spend time out on the water, under mm. the stars, mm. all by myself. <laughs> oh, you can't beat it. No. Yeah. Coyotes howling. You could hear, I could hear, it was like right kind of pre-rut. You could hear them chasing on the yeah. river. Like in the dark, you could hear them chasing on the river. Wow. Like it was like one of the most relaxing, peaceful canoe paddles I've ever had. Wow. After yeah. I had the... After I had the sucker hooked on there, that, that was a yeah. Process. You were doing all the work. Me and Mike were sitting on the bank drinking a couple of bush lights, just waiting for you. So nice. It was yeah, fun. I should have a couple. Well, I know we're all looking forward to it. It kind of goes without saying, but there's going to be some memories made oh, yes. on that trip as well. But what do you say, boy? Should we wrap this one up? Yeah, let's and wrap this one up. Put a bow on it. And do you want to do another one yet tonight? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Oh, let's keep it going. All right. A couple more. Okay, sure. All right. Well, I don't know when this one's going to come out. I know it's going to come out before the season, though. So within the next couple of weeks, it'll be out there. Um, but obviously, then the season's going to roll around, and that's our prime time, and we're super excited. Um, there's going to be a lot of content coming out, obviously. So make sure you guys are subscribed to the channel. We really appreciate it. And we appreciate you guys watching and listening to this episode. And sounds like we're going to do a couple more now. So there's going to be more to come. Have yep. fun. Shoot whatever gets your heart racing. Absolutely. Dude, right there. Have fun. That's Shoot it. whatever gets your heart racing and enjoy it. Dude, just thanks thanks for coming along with us. Like Yeah. We're not making any money off this. Like we're just doing this cuz we're passionate guys about the outdoors. We love talking whitetails. We like filming our hunts and and creating memories and appreciate everyone that's, you know, following along, coming along for the ride and and listening to us and watching our stuff. So, yeah. If you made it to this point, <laughs> You, you are awesome. You're a buck fever groupie. We thanks, mom. <laughs> yeah, thanks, dad. My mom too. <laughs> yeah, right. All right, thanks, guys. We'll see you guys next time. See ya.